Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now here's Connie. Podcast with some really good energy. So I'm reading from the Book of Joy by Douglas Abrams, featuring the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Um, this is page 14. One great question underlies our existence. The Dalai Lama had said before the trip, "What is the purpose of life?" After much consideration, I believe that the purpose of life is to find happiness. It does not matter whether one is Buddhist like me or a Christian like the Archbishop. Or any other religion, or no religion at all. From the moment of birth, every human being wants to discover happiness and avoid suffering. No differences in our culture, or our education, or our religion affect this. From the very core of our being, we simply desire joy and contentment. But every so often, these feelings are fleeting and hard to find, like a butterfly that lands on us and then flutters away. The ultimate source of happiness is within us, not money, not power, not status. Some of my friends are billionaires, but they are very unhappy people. Power and money fail to bring inner peace. Outward attainment will not bring real inner joyfulness. We must look inside. Sadly, many of the things that undermine our joy and happiness we create ourselves. Often it comes from the negative tendencies of the mind, emotional reactivity, or from our inability to appreciate and utilize the resources that exist within us. The suffering from a natural disaster we cannot control, but the suffering from our daily disasters we can. We create most of our suffering, so it should be logical that we also have the ability to create more joy. It simply depends on the attitudes, the perspectives, and the reactions we bring to situations and to our relationships with other people. When it comes to personal happiness, there is a lot that we as individuals can do. Oh, don't you love the Dalai Lama? He has some of the best energy, <laughs> and that's what we're talking about here today on Happy Healthy You. Hi, everybody. I'm Connie Bowman, host of this podcast that's been going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny for the past、uh, almost six years. We might be six years as of April 2019. I think we're officially at six. So, thank you for joining me. Uh, we talk about everything that can bring us more joy and happiness, and、um, sometimes we tap into、uh, the opposite of that. So we're we want to embrace the wholeness of life and mind, body, and spirit. And、um, today's conversation with Chris Ferrero, who is the author of a new book called Energy Healing, will hopefully bring us some wisdom to、um, take some responsibility for our own happiness and. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Chris, but before we get into that conversation, just let me talk about something that makes me very happy. Our sponsor, Blue Planet Eyewear, they are an awesome, eco-friendly company that makes really cute readers, which I'm wearing right now as we speak, and also really cute sunglasses. They always have new styles that they're coming up with, and the best part about Blue Planet is they they give back. They give back to organizations like Sea International, Save the Children. 
organizations all around the world that serve people in areas where they aren't able to get eyewear. So they make sure that they can see clearly and um, live more whole lives. So I encourage you to take a look at blueplaneteyewear.com, go on a little shopping spree and use the code Connie20 and you'll get 20% off just for being a an awesome, happy, healthy you listener. So thank you so much for that. And to get into our podcast today, I'm just going to give you a little bio for Chris. Chris Ferraro is an international energy coach. She's a teacher. She's a sought-after inspirational speaker. And she left a lengthy and successful career in social services to help guide others in energy practices that she had used to heal herself. She empowers others through the profound promise of energy healing. She speaks to diverse groups on how purpose, love, faith, and balanced energy are the ancient antidotes to modern stress. Gosh, don't we need that. She's the creator of Spiritual Freedom Techniques, a series of processes that combine spiritual practices and principles with energy balancing for supercharged transformation. That sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) When not traveling, she lives in Montclair, New Jersey with her kitty cats. And Energy Healing, the book we're talking about today, is her very first book. Welcome, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on Happy Healthy You. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. I was so excited to get this book in my mailbox a few weeks back. And so I contacted your publicist and said, I have to have Chris on. Energy is is a really interesting subject for me. I, I, uh, I feel like we don't pay enough attention to energy. And, you know, I'm a yoga teacher. I don't know if you know that. I shouldn't say you know. But I am a yoga teacher. And in the yogic tradition... Uh, the yogis talk about the koshas, these these little energy um, layers that are that can be described by using that the little Russian doll imagery that like there's one Russian doll that stacks inside of another and another and, and another. Yeah, and there's the, layers. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And then there's other schools of thought like you, I've heard PEMS, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual energy. And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit as we begin the podcast about how you describe energy. I know you talk about it in the book, but just give us a, a breakdown a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you're saying this because so often um, with energy, we're like the fish that's swimming in water looking for it. Um, but it comprises everything that is us and everything that we think of as outside of us. And one of the things that's so incredibly powerful about yoga, besides it being um, such a great thing for fitness is that it does move energy through the body. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, Connie, you've had that experience of for yourself and for people that you've been working with um, where emotions can come up, right, when you're doing this process because you're actually moving energy through trapped Um, emotions and blockages and things that are within the body temple. And then suddenly that stuff comes up to the surface and someone may be crying and they're wondering why that's happening. Mm -hmm. So 
For me, um, even from a scientific standpoint, you know, E equals MC squared, everything is made of energy. So the, the very things that make up our bodies, uh, the chairs that you and I are sitting on, the rooms that we're in, the air that we're breathing is all made up of molecules and particles. And so when we're working with energy, we're working with that which comprises everything the everything that is everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so often in the worlds that you and I are in, Connie, we hear things like we are all connected. And when I hear that, I think, yes, of course we're all connected because we're all made out of this same substance. And so sometimes energy is denser. Um, so a, a tabletop or a bone or a tooth, right, would be very, very dense energy. Um, a thought or a feeling is less dense but everything is made out of moving particles, including those things that we think of as solid. And so one of the things that makes energy healing so incredibly powerful is that we're working with the very substance that makes up all of life. And when you're working with the foundation or the pieces of this invisible substance that inhabits all of us, then there really isn't anything that can't be changed or healed or transformed. Oh, that's so fascinating. It's just so fascinating. I love this conversation. I could just, I could just talk to people about this for a really long time. So, um, but I'll, I'll try to keep it under an hour. So using that PEMS, like physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual uh, breakdown of our energy, would you say that the physical energy of the body is denser and as we move out to the spiritual it's finer would would that be a way to i i would certainly say that so um i had a really interesting experience of being in my mental energy when i was actually writing this book um so i was contacted by saint martin's press very unexpectedly to write this book to start off this um, series that they're doing called the Start Here Guides for Beginners. And I needed to do it in a very short deadline. And so, um, you know, I, the mental body, I, I'm someone who can live in my head as much as anyone else, but I've made it a practice over the past decade to spend time in my body and so that I'm not constantly just a, you know, a walking, talking head going around. Mm -hmm. And yet when I had to write this book under a short deadline, I found myself living in the mental body, which is above and surrounding the head. And so I could literally feel myself up there. So I was like, oh, that's actually accurate. That's where the mental body is because that's where I am right now. And so absolutely, it was certainly a, a, a very a loose um, place to be. Um, I had to remain completely ungrounded so that I could um, be one with the work and with the writing. Uh, the last day before my manuscript was due, I had to go to the bank and <laughs> cash some checks. I looked like a homeless person at that point. <laughs> and I walked in and the bank teller who had seen me many times said, are you okay? You just don't look like yourself. I said, I'm not actually here. <laughs> I said, you know, my body is here cashing these checks, but my mind is in a project, you know? So I absolutely, as you go out it, when I'm in prayer and meditation, I'm way outside of my, my physical body. So would you describe that as being more in your spiritual body at that point? 
Yeah. The I mean, spiritual is spiritual is beyond the mental. It's even further out than the mental layer. It's so hard to put words to when you get out to those ineffable states, I feel. I I don't know. It's words don't it do really it justice. Hard. And I'm a right yeah. you know, I'm a lifelong writer yeah. and um one of my gifts and I believe one of the reasons why this book came to me is that I'm always looking for how can I explain this? Mm-hmm. How can I explain what I do? How can I explain what these states are? How can I explain what I'm feeling? Because as an empath, I am feeling energetically things at a very um, heightened state of awareness that most people are experiencing themselves, but don't have mm-hmm. the awareness or feeling of it. Um, and so, yeah, that's if, if uh, your listeners are people who, think, well, you know, this stuff, it just doesn't really make sense. Um, I think I did a really good job with the book of explaining it in layman's terms in a way that really um, leaves out the, the, you know, what we call woo-woo, because this stuff is very, very practical and it, it, it's available for everyone. I agree. You did such a good job. You really break it down in a, um, in a, such an understandable, grounded way. <laughs> And um, I appreciate that. And I'm sure every, everyone who picks this book up will appreciate it. So um, here's, here's a question for you. And uh, you mentioned that you are an empath. So I would imagine I, I consider myself an empath too. And I guess anybody who really works with other people um, in a helping field is eventually an empath because you can't avoid it in some ways if you want to be a compassionate certainly those skills get developed yeah. within yeah working with clients right There's right, no right. About it. um so so i would say that that would this would be an important thing to know about the energy systems of the body and the energy modalities that are available but for just the general joe this is called the the guide for beginners for the general joe or joanne out there who uh, maybe just be curious might just be curious about energy and some of these healing techniques why would it be beneficial for them to learn about energy in, in just a general sense, as you presented it? Well, one of the great things that helps with this focus, and I don't know about you, Connie, but those of us who are self-employed really need a lot of focus. Totally. Uh, and the work that we do. And we also have a greater variety of tasks than we've ever had before. We're not living like we did a um, hundred years ago. So being able to juggle many tasks and do them really effectively is very, very important. And, and focus also enhances our relationships because there we've all had the experience of being with someone who wasn't really there with us because they were in their mind or they're doing something else and they're not really fully present. So, you know, so focus might be the more, uh, you know, the clinical way of looking at it, but focus helps lead to presence. Mm-hmm. And we get to actually fully embody our lives in a really deep and powerful way. We get to stay in the present moment more than we ever have before. We get to appreciate things um, at a much deeper level than we ever thought possible. This work 
if I didn't do the work that I did, there is no way that I could have made this book and written it in the time that I had to do it. So the irony was not lost on me that mm. the very practices that I'm teaching in this book, I used to create this book in a very short time period while I had a full-time practice, while I was going to be speaking at a conference, while I was going to be hosting a poetry night and had concert tickets. Like I had a whole life planned. You are busy girl. But I had to write this book, you know, that's crazy. So to be able to do it, I was able to function at a very, very high level. So that's maybe more from a a mental standpoint from a, a, a health standpoint, it absolutely helps us have more physical energy and I don't know about you, Connie, but I'm working with people that are just exhausted. Mm-hmm. Everyone I know that comes to me is overstimulated, overwired, and completely overtired. So they're turning to stimulants, they're doing coffee and sugar throughout the day, which is wreaking havoc with their blood sugar, and they're not feeling good, they're not sleeping well at night. These practices will boost your energy so that you have what you need to get through the day and also help you to calm down at night and have really, really deep sleep. Mm -hmm. Now, I was a lifelong insomniac, literally, like I was a baby that didn't sleep. I came into this world with a very hyperreactive nervous system, um, and I've been sleeping well probably the past five or six years for the most part. And what a difference that makes. I mean, just being able to sleep well, that affects your emotional well-being. It affects your hormone levels. It affects your stress levels, the adrenaline and cortisol we release in our systems. So this, these practices can help dramatically with that on a physical level. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I love how you broke down the practices um, in alphabetical order, which is very helpful. So we, if we're looking at one of them, we can find them pretty easily. But then you also broke them down in different categories, like what are they effective for, things about the session, um, how, how you will uh, relate to the healer that you're working with, um, what kind of a body position you'll be in, are you clothed, are you, you know, do you take off some of your clothes or all of your clothes? <laughs> is there any physical touch? Um, and just all the things that like we want to know, you know, especially if we've never experienced uh, any kind of healing modality before. And I agree with you. I think a lot of us are in places of stress these days and um, we could really use some of these modalities. So my experience with healing modalities began a long time ago. I'm older now and um, choosing my words very wisely today. And um, I was, I guess in my twenties and I was going through a very stress filled time. I started to have some panic attacks and um, I I wanted to, as the Dalai Lama said, find um, something that I could do myself to alleviate it. So I immediately bought a book on meditation and then I was driving down the road. Once you start uh, on this path, things just kind of miraculously uh, open up for you as I continually find in my life. But I was driving down the road and I saw a sign for Reiki, and which is one of the modalities you talk about in the book, one of the many. And I walked into this place. I was really just kind of desperate and surrendering. And I had my first Reiki treatment and it was, it was amazing. I felt like it put some pieces back together for me 
um, mm. so that I could just continue on in a more balanced way until, you know, the next thing came up. Um, how, in your experience with clients, how do you, how do people typically come? I mean, is that a typical situation where somebody kind of reaches bottom and, and just feels the need for change or, are people more aware of these modalities nowadays? I, I'm just wondering what your take is on that. I've started studying this work 17 years ago, although I've been on a, on a spiritual journey since I was a child and a self-help personal growth journey since I was in my 20s, and I am no kid. So mm -hmm. I have been in this a long time. And I have to say that the times, they are a-changing. Um, I got a, a text message just a couple of days ago from a friend of mine who watches the TV show Grey's Anatomy and she said that there was a character on there who had experienced trauma and they were doing a muscle testing and release technique that I believe is neuroemotional technique, NET, which is not a widely known technique but mm -hmm. it is one that I do know. And so for that to be on a major popular show is just amazing. Yeah. And I will say that over the, you know, there was many times I would talk about what I do and people had no idea. Well, what is tapping? I don't know. What is that? What are you doing? That looks weird. Um, and I'm finding that less and less. I'm finding because what I do is in the area of energy coaching. So I'm working with people on their their stress their traumas their unresolved grief their chronic anxiety i work with lots of people that have had panic attacks often when they come to me they have tried everything else mm -hmm. so they have done um the medical route and maybe it worked temporarily and then the medication stopped working um they have uh, been in traditional therapy for many 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 years and feel like they're getting worse instead of better um and i'm not bashing therapy in any way i think it can be very um very empowering uh in many ways um but this is different you know this approach is looking at the energy of emotion where it's being held in the body and and focusing on those areas using words and visualization to unlock where the emotion has been trapped and unprocessed. Mm. And so I will say that there's a greater open openness than ever before. And I think it's because the level of stress and suffering is greater than it's ever been before. When I'm getting referrals for four-year-olds with anxiety oh. conditions, then something very serious is, is happening in our world. Yeah, seriously, so, four-year-olds, wow. So oh, I yeah, and, and I do work with uh, younger children. I do work with teens. Um, you know, when I talk to school psychologists and guidance counselors, they're saying that kids are exhibiting signs of depression and anxiety and doing behaviors such as cutting and things like that in numbers that they've never seen. Mm. So we are certainly in hitting mass crisis on a mental health level. And so that's how I think people are turning to alternative means. And like most people that do this work, my business was completely built on referrals. So I've worked with someone and they had an amazing transformation. They've referred other people. And even at the level of where my practice is now, that is still where the most fulfilling work is. It's from people who've referred other people. Wow. Yeah. Um, what you said about the four-year-olds, that that's stunning that uh, 
kids are just experiencing this at such a younger and younger age. I think one of my most popular podcasts that I can see is one that is about uh, anxiety in youth. So I I have to back you up on that. Mm, crazy. Um, I want to get to some of these modalities uh, and and talk about some of your favorite ones. And I just want to say that I um, saged <laughs> before I saged my room before the podcast. So you'd be proud that. of me. I, well, I, and I, I didn't use, I know, I loved how you wrote about the sage and you said when you burn sage, sometimes people think that you're um, smoking pot. So um, I didn't want anybody <laughs> to think that. Work, so I yeah. used my um, sacred sage smokeless mist. It's a, it's a spray that I spray around. So, so that's kind of cool. I like to um, cleanse my house and you talk about that as well and being an empath maybe we could start there there's a lot of benefit to keeping a clean space right and you talk about that a little bit in the book can you just touch on that oh absolutely well everything has energy including our possessions and our belongings right and if we're sharing a living space with other people or other beings including pets uh, and plants um, they all have a, a frequency going on. So if you have an argument with someone in your household or two other household members have an argument or someone got the flu and they've been sick for a couple of weeks, that's affecting the energy in the environment. Um, if you have a pet with a chronic illness or a pet that's dealing with chronic stress and often pets will take on the, the stress of the people that they live with, um, that's going to affect the environment. If you have a lot of clutter, that's going to affect the environment. So um, those, we, you know, we look at, at all energy healing in some form is taking an area of congestion and allowing it to flow. So often when people cleanse their spaces, they find that their life changes in a lot of ways. And it's because they, they've removed the energy of those belongings or they've given those belongings to someone else and a flow has been um, reestablished. So yeah, I do talk about some simple ways like burning sage. I myself use sprays as well. <laughs> they're just a, they're just gentler, but they're still really effective. And there's a lot of really great ones out there. Can you um, tell? You can just take salt water and put it in a bottle, a oh, spray right. bottle that you get, and dissolve it. And you can mist that all over your space. And just um, you know, dissolved salt will cleanse your space very well. Yeah, salt's been used for eons i i mean i read about that in you know the ancient days they use salt That's right um can you tell how tell us how that works how can spraying a little bit of sage i mean i just kind of believe that it works <laughs> and and that's fine for me but for someone who's a little more pragmatic and um you know left brain well you know, sage has been used by native people for thousands of years. So we, we know that for a fact. And as an empath, one of the things that I was sure to do in the book was only to share things that I know absolutely for sure 100% work. And because I can feel energy, I'm able to feel the shifts that happen when you do a process like staging your space. Uh, an important thing to note here is that when you're cleansing your space, you need to cleanse yourself first. 
right? So you need to cleanse yourself first so that you're now a cleansed vessel and right. then you do your space. And so you can either spray around yourself or you can um, smudge. That's when you spread the smoke of the sage around. Um, you can also do it with intention. You can do it with visualizing colors. So if you don't have any physical things on hand, but it just seems to break up um, those areas of congestion that are in the air around us. And mm -hmm. it seems to cleanse that residue out of the space. And would you say, this is just a question from me, that when you uh, eliminate some congestion in any one of the energy centers, does it uh, kind of seep down into the other centers and help eliminate congestion in those areas? as well? That's a really great question. I'm just wondering. Um, I don't there know. is no separation, right? We, we believe, Connie, you and I are that we are separate people, right? Connecting through the power of the internet mm -hmm. and that we're separate from the people around us and that, and we lead pretty compartmentalized lives in a lot of ways. Um, but I know from an energetic standpoint and really from a spiritual perspective as well, that there really is no separation. So like a uh, pebble that's been thrown into a body of water, there's that ripple effect. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe that cleansing one area of one's life affects the other areas. I also know that being someone um, when I am very balanced and in a very uh, pure state, when I move into an environment, I affect that environment around me. Mm -hmm. um, so that includes people and circumstances and situations. Um, I have a consciousness um, where people feel immediately safe around me. And so I will go into public places and people will walk up and start telling me their deepest problems and their mm -hmm. biggest secrets and people who aren't able to cry are able to cry around me. And there's nothing that I'm actually doing. It's just they're sensing the, um, the cultivation of a, a place where all is welcomed and all is safe. That's and so beautiful. that affects the people around me. So what happens, Chris, when you have a really crappy day? <laughs> Do you just stay in? I mean, sometimes just because, you know, I'm, I consider myself a healer too. I uh, practice Reiki on myself and others and I teach yoga. And some, da some days if I'm just feeling... Uh, a little out of sorts. I'm I'm pretty I'm protective of my people that I work with, and I'm like I I don't want to take myself out of there. So what do you do for yourself? What are some of the modalities that work well for you to get yourself decongested and back into balance? Well, I will say this. I mean, I am just coming out of what was a very challenging two year period for me. Um, my father passed away. I had a move. I had. Um, a strange pain in my body that nothing's uh, seemed to be able to resolve. Mm -hmm. Lots of changing, the passing of several friends. So I went through what I'm calling a dark night of the soul, and what you know many spiritual people sure. call a dark night of the okay. soul. And so during that two-year period, I was still working. I got a book deal. Um, I traveled quite, quite frequently for um, you know work and pleasure. Uh, I did lots of things and, and life from the outside would have looked normal. Um, it didn't mean that I wasn't going through my own stuff. I am a firm believer in authenticity. Mm -hmm. When you said in the opening about, um, you know, we, we focus on the joy here, but we also look at the other stuff. 
Well, my whole practice is about looking at the other stuff and our emotions are one spectrum. Mm -hmm. So our joy and our happiness and our anger and our sadness and our despair are, are part of one spectrum. And when we repress one part, we repress the other part. And so I made a practice of being completely allowing my state for me to be wherever I was at. So I, uh, I do tap, I do, do, do EFT daily, uh, for myself, even if it's only for five minutes. Um, I journal. So I do, uh, morning pages that were created by Julia Cameron. I love her. I do those too. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. You got, it's a good to just empty out first thing in the morning. I did that. Um, but for me, the biggest part of it was my spiritual life. So, Uh, prayer is what got me through. And what I found is that when I was working with a client, I call it practitioner head. Like suddenly I'd be in the space of my, I'd have my practitioner cap on and my higher self would be in that session. And during that time, I wouldn't be in my worry or my pain or my grief or any of the things that were going on with me. I was just 100% focused on my client And then once that was done, um, you know, I was back to the human experience that is Chris. Um, So for me, allowance of wherever I was at was incredibly essential. Um, I only spent time with people who allowed me to be where I was at. So um, I'm not a big fan of spiritual bypassing and glossing over our pain and Mm -hmm. others' pain. So, um, yeah, I'm in part of a spiritual community. I have a lot of spiritual people in my life. Um, If people started saying to me, well, it's all for the highest good. Well, I wasn't in the place to be able to accept that. I really just needed compassion and acceptance. So I spent time that with people that really loved me warts and all. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really powerful for me. And I have to say, being on the other side of it, that two-year experience has changed me in ways that I could not have expected. So yes, there has been incredible gifts that have come out of it, but I could not see those gifts while I was in the middle of it. Yeah, we never can. We never can. I wish we could, but... (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't really work that way. And so, um, you know, I was in the present moment more than I had ever been. Um, I had to because I was in survival mode for much of that. And, um, and like I said, I continue to do my practice. I continue to, to work in the way that I do. Um, but I was also very real, you know, with the people that are my subscribers and people that pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, I was very much real with them and, um, there's probably some people that didn't like that so much, (laughs) but I knew that I had to be that way because I have to model walking the walk and not just talking the talk. Yeah. I appreciate that you shared that because I think it's going to be valuable for a lot of people. We all go through shit. Are you going through your Saturn return by any chance? I think mine's coming up. So (laughs) I don't know when the second one comes, right? Like the first one's between 28 and 30, right? Yeah. Second one's around uh, late fifties, I think. So yeah. Oh yeah, I'm 49, so oh, I, I might have some time for that. But it <laughs> yours is just a basic, basic kind of crappy couple of years. So, <laughs> well, it's it was certainly for me a reevaluating of what I value and know to be true. It was a time of 
um, questioning my faith, picking apart, putting it back together. What mm-hmm. do I really believe in? What do I really value? Um, and now my, my faith is stronger than it's ever been. So there are times that we go through experiences for our soul's evolution mm-hmm. that we don't like, that don't yeah. feel good, right. that can be scary, um, that can leave us feeling very isolated and alone. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty proud of myself uh, for how I walked through this because, of course, I was a- a- attempted as much as anyone else to to avoid those feelings, to avoid being in it because it was painful. Mm. And but being able to do that, to face them, face them, to allow them to move through them, to to do the practices that I do for others, for myself, and for times to simply be. And, and make that okay, um, it really did change everything. Because mm. honestly, with all that was going on, I could have laid down on a couch and still be there. Yeah. And that's not what happened. I really feel like the phoenix that's had risen out of the ashes just in time for my book to come out. So look at that. It's, it's so cool. Timing. It's so cool how, how you know, you're, when you walk through this spiritual journey in a healthy way, in a balanced way, as, as keeping the balance moving as forward in as best as you can, things really do manifest just perfectly for our journey, I think. And I find that I I find that the spiritual journey is just dynamic. And I think it's counterintuitive, because sometimes we feel like we reach a certain place, a mountaintop experience, and that's where we're going to stay. Well, no, we just reintegrate and keep moving forward. And yes. yeah, so interesting. Yeah. Moving our way up the spiral, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the book and how we can best use the book to find the modalities that will work um, for for us in um, whatever situation arises. Like what is the best way to Kind of, I, I know you mentioned in the book, try everything and just see what works for you, what feels good. But um, what is the best way to work with the book so we can find modalities that can help us? And I, and I can give you an example. Like today, for example, Earth Day, I wanted to go out and walk on the earth because I felt mm. super ungrounded. Mm. <laughs> and I was ungrounded. I, I still kind of am feeling a little ungrounded. So maybe we can use that as an example. Um, and as soon as I went to go out with my dogs to walk barefoot on the earth, my, um, this is a very first world, uh, problem, but my landscaper showed up and put fertilizer on my grass organic, but (laughs) he said, he said, yeah, stay off the grass for a little bit. And I'm like, damn, I really wanted to go out and do some earthing. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, maybe you could use that as an, as kind of a silly example, but I am feeling, I'm just, for some reason today, I'm just like up in my, uh, spiritual body and not so much, even though I taught yoga this morning and I was, I tried to ground. I was like on the earth, on the, on the yoga mat. I don't know. So maybe you said, I'm so glad that you brought up grounding because (laughs) uh, it is, first of all, we, we as a nation are very ungrounded people. Hmm. Uh, We're spending more and more time indoors than we ever have before. Um, We're all plugged in me included uh, to Wi-Fi everywhere we go. I do think that electromagnetic frequencies um, from electronics uh, does lead to us being ungrounded. I feel 
uh, the few times I'm, you know, if I'm on a retreat or I'm someplace where there's no cell towers, I can feel a huge difference in my body. Uh, and yet I live 12 miles from New York City. So I'm in a very uh, urban area. So getting grounded is really important because um, we're more distracted than we've ever been before. People are really, really, really spaced out. Um, you know, you see it with uh, people on their cell phones walking out in front of cars or, you know, people injuring themselves doing selfies. There's sort of a lack of self-awareness of the space we take up in the world. Um, for me, I had a major clumsiness thing going on um, for most of my life because I was ungrounded. And, uh, and it also leads to feeling unsafe and feeling disconnected from others. So there's some really simple things that people can do to get grounded. You mentioned one of the best ones, which is going outside and putting your bare feet on the grass. Um, in the spring, summer months, I keep a, a folding chair in the back of my car. And even if I have 15 minutes and I'm going to check some emails, I'll go out to a park and put my chair down and get my bare feet on the grass and just do work while I'm out there. So I'm um, connecting with the earth. And it's important that we do this because it really can reduce inflammation in the body. So um, another thing that you can do are taking sea salt baths or baths with sea salt and baking soda. And if you don't have a bathtub and you just have a shower, you can rub sea salt and baking soda together and rub that around the body. You can combine it if, with a, an oil if you like and use it almost like a, a scrub. And what I like to do are practices involving the feet. So one of the things that I'll do is I'll stand up feet hip, uh, hip width apart, feet flat on the ground, and I'll just have soft, bouncy knees, and I'll just kind of, you know, gently go up and down, and I bring my awareness to my feet on the ground. So bringing my awareness there brings my, my energy back into alignment with my physical body. You can also rubbing your feet, massaging the bottom of your feet. You can use crystals like hematite that are those uh, shiny charcoal color. Mm -hmm. They're very grounding. They have a lot of magnetic energy in them. You can rub those on your feet. They even have um, hematite things that you can use to massage your feet. You can use magnets on the bottom of your feet. Um, I learned this from Donna Eden. Uh, she does a practice called spooning the feet. So I actually have like a big um, serving spoon that I just use for my feet. And I uh, keep it on my night side table. And every night when I go to bed and every morning when I get up, I just rub the rounded part of the spoon vigorously uh, on the bottom of my feet. gets me back into my body because we do become ungrounded while we sleep. Uh, that's why we can have mystical experiences and, of course, dreams, you know, happen while we're sleeping. So it's important to get uh, centered again when we wake up. So those are just some very simple things that you can do. And even if you if it's winter or you live in a place where you can't get your bare feet on the ground, consciously walking where you're making contact with the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, we walk all day and don't pay attention to what we're doing. And so pay attention as your foot is making contact with the ground and then the next one comes down. Um, that's a really simple practice to start uh, getting you focused on feeling your own energy field. Cool. 
Cool. And I'm finding by just listening to your voice and you're very focused and you seem very grounded today. So you're, you're affecting my energy because we're all connected. So thank you. Thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I, I ground myself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to. I need to. I, I enjoy the spiritual realm very much. So, <laughs> so yeah. sometimes. Well, you know, for us sensitive, um, empathic type people, you know, I believe that our, our souls come in and we think, well, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we we have some uh, deeper connection to that where we came from. And so um, being in the spiritual realm is very comfortable and safe for us. We feel that's like that feels more natural to us than being in a body uh, yeah. in this human experience. Um So, but I believe that if we are here in a body, then there is something that we need to learn um, from this human experience that our soul needs for its growth. And so uh, that may be learning to work with our emotions. It may be um, learning how to love ourselves with a physical challenge or to heal a physical challenge that we may have. And so I'm always, I, I need to ground myself quite a bit and Yet when I do, uh, the benefits really are um, amazing for me. Uh, For anyone out there who has an issue with weight, um, that can absolutely be a symptom of being ungrounded and you, you sub, um, on an unconscious level will put on weight to get you back into your physical body. So grounding can very much help you with releasing excess weight. Mm, Good, good point. I like that. I like that. Okay don't know where I was going to go with that. I just got lost. I I was like, oh yeah, Uh, I could lose weight if I'm grounded. Really? That's cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, you, you did ask about how to use the book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so let's talk about the book and how we can use the book best to find what we need in whatever moment is arising for us. So I just encourage people to um, get into a state of curiosity right? Uh, And to practice these practices and see how they work for you. Um, One of the big um, pitfalls will be someone will try something once and they'll be like, well, that didn't do anything. Uh, Often with healing practices, we really can feel the benefit of them when they have a cumulative effect. Mm -hmm. So if you find something that you think, "Mm, maybe that did a little something, I would say try it every day for a couple of weeks and then stop doing it. When you stop doing it, you may be like, oh, wow, why am I so spaced out today? Or, uh, well, I just, why did I react so strongly to that when a week ago it wouldn't have bothered me? Hmm, maybe it's because I stopped doing those practices. So to just approach everything with an open mind and to use these tools to get in touch with your own energy field. If, If anyone out there will read this book and will start to have a deeper understanding of themselves from these practices, then my work here is done. Because once you learn what your own energy is trying to tell you and how you can do these simple practices to affect a change, you become master of your own experience. You're no longer at the mercy of other people and their, you know, sometimes erratic behavior. You're no longer at the mercy of other other people's stuff because you can create a change from the inside out. 
And as you shift your energy, as you become present to your emotions and learn to tap through them, as you become grounded, as you listen to yourself more than you ever have before, what happens is your outside circumstances can change and change dramatically. You know, I, I share a lot in this book about my own journey with social anxiety, which was severe from the age of eight um, until my early 30s when I found EFT. And you wouldn't know it from looking at me. You would think that I was this very confident, go-getter kind of person. And the truth was is that I was paralyzed by fear. And it affected my behavior in a variety of ways. Um, one of the things I did was I shopped at a 24-hour supermarket at 2 in the morning when I thought no one would be there. And the anxiety was so severe that if there was another person on the aisle um, that I was about to go down, I would turn around and come back. Not someone speaking to me, not oh. someone paying attention to me, but just someone in that aisle. Yeah. I could not go down that aisle. And I now stand on stages speaking to hundreds of people, which was not something that I necessarily would have chosen for myself. Writing is something I've always been comfortable with. I did not have an interest in public speaking. But in resolving my social anxiety, out of that, I got a very clear message about public speaking and I kept getting opportunities and found myself saying yes to things I didn't really think that I wanted to do. And now it fulfills me in such a profound way. So I could have spent the rest of my life trying to manage my anxiety by trying to go places in the middle of the night and avoiding crowds and avoiding um, anything that could have triggered me. But that does not work. Even if you avoid, if you're afraid of driving over bridges, for example, and so you can craft your life that you never drive over a bridge, your anxiety will find another place to be triggered by. Mm. And so... So much of this book is about living from the inside out instead of trying to change the outside so that you can feel better on the inside. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Totally, totally. I've been reading the Gospel of Thomas from the Nag Hammadi. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they were discovered in 1945. Anyway, the Gospel of Thomas, one of the uh, verses says that if you bring forth what is within you, that will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will, um, in a sense, kill you. <laughs> so it's good. That we, is so profound. I, I know. do not know about this. So you'll have to uh, let me know again what that yeah, book yeah, is because yeah. I definitely need to read it because I, I can assure you that that is the truth. Like, Such wisdom, right? Yeah. There was a power within me to be here and to be used for a greater purpose but I was leading an incredibly disempowered life mm -hmm. and it looked like chronic fatigue and it looked like allergies and it looked like anxiety and it looked like, um, you know, romantic problems. It looked like all of these things. And yet when I resolved those imbalances within myself, everything in my world changed and changed in some very powerful ways. And then I used the tools that I have to navigate those changes because a lot of those changes were big and dramatic and scary. You know, even getting a book deal was, you know, from a major publisher was pretty terrifying, yeah. you know, and it was something that I was able to use. And so what I, what I most hope is that people 
will approach this book with openness, that they'll practice these practices, that they'll realize that they're not at the mercy of the news, they're not at the mercy of even the people around them, that they can affect a change within, and they're really not at the mercy of things they may have experienced in the past. Yeah. So they have so much more power and control within them. And as they come into a state of greater balance, that there are gifts that they have that they don't even know that they have oh, that I will be it. able to find a way in the world. They'll find a place to go. And when you're living a life of feeling such purpose, there's nothing that you can't handle that comes your way. Mm. I love that you're just giving everyone permission to explore. And, and I love that you use the word curiosity, get really curious about yourself because when we really take a look at the, the truth of our, our being and our, uh, what's in front of us, um, we can learn so much and we can really, um, just kind of walk through those, those, those things that appear to be fire, <laughs> but yes. really they are, they are opportunities to purify ourselves and come into a finer more refined experience of our true selves, I believe. So hmm. beautiful. Well, fire is transformation and, and purification totally. for sure. Totally. There's so much in this book. I'm so grateful that you wrote this. Um, one of the things I really like is your sample daily practice. So it's how to incorporate this stuff in into your life. So you want to read that. And then the other question I had for you, uh, one of the final questions is, when you have been working with some of these modalities and maybe you feel like you just need um, somebody who's a specialist, a healing uh, specialist, um, how do we go about finding one, especially if we're not familiar with some of these modalities um, or anyone, there's no one in our life that to really ask um, about, you know, something we might be interested in. How would we find a reputable Person to this with. is really such an important point. Um, EFT uh, tapping, which is um, one of the major practices that I share in the book, because that's something that I've been doing for 17 years, is something that was designed to be a self-help tool originally um, and can be very beneficial for someone to use for themselves. And that can be true of many of the other modalities that I share. However, if you are someone who's gone through a trauma, you know, even if it was something that happened when you were two, if you are someone who is struggling with any type of chronic illness from chronic fatigue or autoimmune conditions, um, or uh, you're, you've been dealing with depression for a really long time, you have a mental health diagnosis like bipolarism or something of that nature, uh, if you're dealing with a really serious illness like cancer, you want to go to a well-qualified healing professional rather than doing um, a lot of the stuff for yourself. Now, many of the practices that I do share in there will enhance anything uh, that you do with a professional. So the grounding, the polarity balancers, um, simple tapping on, on affirmations and things like that is very, very safe. You just don't want to delve into those deep wounds 
Um, I was recently at a, a speaking at an event and a woman came up to me and she said, I tried that tapping and it didn't work for me. And I tried it and it didn't do anything. And then I did my talk. And then when I got off the stage, she came up to me again and she said, you know, I tried tapping and it didn't work for me. And her voice was a little softer. And as I took the time to speak to her, what she said was, well, I'm a three time cancer survivor. Mm. And she was using tapping for pain management. And I said to her, I've been doing this for 17 years. If I was dealing with cancer, I'd be going to someone else. This is not something that you should be doing for yourself. And I'm a professional. So there are just times when going to a professional is really, really important. Um, so the first thing I would say is, you may think that there's nobody in your circle that does this stuff. And I will say to you that we are the best kept secret. There are people all around you that are engaging in a lot of these practices. They're just not talking about them because there's still some stigma. Um, in the book, there's a resource section in the back with websites that you can look up. Um, also places where you can find practitioners. Um, you know, there are a lot of really qualified people that aren't um, certified um, or don't have a certification, a modality in which there is a certification. But if someone does have a certification or a license, then you know that they've gone through some set of standards to be able to get that. So that's a good place to start. Um, you want to be left and right brained with this. So left brain, you want to see what their educational background is, how many years of experience. You want to look for referrals. Um, you know, most people are going to give you referrals from people who really love their services. Uh, but you can ask really valuable questions, uh, which I do have in the book of those people that they refer you to. Good. And you want to also be really right-brained about it. So you want to have an intuitive feel for it. Um, who do you resonate with? Who makes you feel safe? Um, when you talk to that person, do they answer your questions? Do you feel like you could really be open with them? Um, those are things that no certification is going to tell you. Yeah. And so you want to work with someone where you feel a real sense of rapport um, and that they really listen. And, and I mean, listen from a place that creates a safe container in which healing can really, really happen. So uh, I have a whole chapter in the book that gives you a lot of guidelines on that. And so, yes, do, do simple things to help yourself. But if you've got some big major physical or emotional things going on, then going to a qualified person is the way to go. Yeah, and you described it uh, very well when you were talking about how your clients immediately feel comfortable with you and start telling you stories about their lives and just feel safe with you. So that that's sort of that uh, right brain experience of someone who might work well with your your energy. So. Well, and Very I want cool. to say that, that that safety that those people feel are because I am always working on myself. So I'm always looking at my blockages. I'm always looking at my wounds. I'm always looking at my beliefs. And because I'm able to be in the fire of my own discomfort when those things come up, because I have been able to go back to those places where I have been wounded, um, that uh, puts a sense out that I'll be okay with them to go there too. Mm. 
And the and other thing I wanted to add here, and, and you touched on this, and I really appreciated it. I didn't want to interrupt you while you were on a on a roll, but you did say I'm, that... Ma- I'm sorry, Connie. I'm a little bit of an even... <laughs> no, you're perfect. Topic. You're <laughs> great. But you did say that, um, you know, my job is done here when you... And, and the job of a healer is really to bring, help people get back to that balance. And, you, and if you find yourself being, you know, st- sticking with this this modality for years and years and years, then it might be time to, um, you know, take a look at something else because a healer is someone who uh, revels in your health and wellness and your uh, energetic balance, right? So so beware, Uh, right? Absolutely. I will say this. um, This field is very, very cutting edge. It's considered the, the, the fourth wave of mental health. Um, so it's not something that is, uh, is very firmly established. What's really happens most of the time now is what's called third wave. So I will say this for the people in my field and myself, we are adventurers. We are constantly looking at how we can explore our tools, make them more effective, um, help them to work faster, and what other modalities are connected to what we do that can be beneficial to our practices. So my toolkit is always expanding, not from um, being that person that's in um, always needing to find something to fix, because I know what I, what I do works and works really, really well. It's because we are on the cutting edge and we are moving this field out in a way that is incredibly powerful. So I'm in a monthly co-mentoring group with other healers where Mm -hmm. we get together and talk about our practices and talk about our clients and talk about the things that we're doing, you know, from a confidential standpoint, of Mm -hmm. course. And we are always uh, creating research. We're writing papers. We're doing blog entries. We're doing podcasts and putting information out because we have just barely touched the tip of the iceberg of what's possible with what we do. So, and energy is always in a state of expansion. We know that that's why changes are constant. So it is important to remain open because this work can lead you in some very exciting directions. Yeah. And the more we put the word out, the more we release that stigma that you talked about. So let's just keep doing that. There should be no stigma. (laughs) Absolutely. I totally agree. And that's why people like you, Connie, are are advancing all this stuff forward in very powerful ways, because I know that you are reaching people that would have never heard about it otherwise. I hope so. um, I hope so. And six years of doing this, like way to go, you. I know. I keep trying to stop, but it keeps, (laughs) books keep showing up and I'm like, okay, okay. I just keep saying yes. No, it's awesome. And yeah, I'll just leave it with this. Look, we need each other. Our energy is connected and we need one another. So if, you find yourself, I, I think you very um, bravely shared that you were going to a grocery store at two in the morning. So if you, if anyone is listening out there and you're finding yourself avoiding life and avoiding people and avoiding um, the joy that you are born for, then take a leap of faith and try some of these. Pick up this book, Energy Healing by Chris Ferraro, and you know, reach out because we are here for one another. We are more connected than we could ever fathom, I believe. So, so yeah, let's just leave it there. Chris, what do you say? 
that is, that sounds very good. This we, is so you know, great. No man or woman is an island. We right. do all need each other. And um, a lot of these practices can bring us together in a really powerful way to move forward into the future, supporting one another. So mm-hmm. thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. And they're fun. So we'll feel good. We'll all feel good. So give us all the information we need to uh, contact you, work with you, get the book, etc. So the book is from St. Martin's Press. It's coming out on April 30th, 2019, and it'll be available wherever books are sold. I don't know if it'll land in stores yet because I'm sort of an unknown in this world um, as far as the publishing world goes. But I'm hoping that it does land in Not there. for so long. Not for long, yeah. Yeah, so be on the lookout for it. And my website is www. Chris, K-R-I-S, Ferraro, F-E-R-R-A-R-O.com, BeFreeToFlourish.com also, and my email address is me, M-E, at ChrisFerraro.com, and um, even if people just want to reach out and have a question or talk shop, I am available. Cool. Very cool. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so grateful that this book arrived in my mailbox and time to ground me <laughs> and it's earth day daggone it i gotta get out and and i think i'm gonna take my dogs for a walk in in a park or on a hiking trail and take my shoes off so good so, for you yeah yeah and i'm gonna try a lot of these modalities and um yeah who knows who knows so thank you th- so much for having me it's really been an honor thank you thank you i think we're gonna reach a lot of people so All right, Chris, go out and have a fantastic day.